Science. Welcome to Probably Science. My name's Andy Wood. I just told a guy to stop blowing leaves in our backyard. Yeah, you monster. <laughs> <laughs> Look at you, you landlord. I know. I'm Matt Kirshen. Uh, we're in the backyard. It's a Wednesday morning. It's, it's a glorious sunny day. I'm back from Alaska. Thank you, uh, the probably science listeners that I met up there. There are a few of you came up and said hi. Hey, everyone. And, uh, and we're joined. We, it's a double guest episode. A couple of these in a row, yeah. Should we get Oh, no, I'm sorry. Wait, last week was... Was last week a double guest? I can't no, remember No, last week was anymore. a single episode. Okay. God, it's really, life isn't this hard that I shouldn't remember what happened last week. I just realized you're wearing our t-shirt as well, which you we always forget this to plug. Is, uh... We have t-shirts. Hey, really do you lame. remember that? Remember yeah. that t-shirts that we have? We mm-hmm. got t-shirts. And I'm wearing one for the recording of this podcast. Is it laundry day? It's not even laundry day. I just, I just didn't even realize I That's was wearing it. That's how good these t-shirts That's, are. It's so comfortable. They're so comfortable and so stylish that you would wear them even when it's not your only option. Mm-hmm. And you can visit probablyscience.com and there's a link there to buy one of these t-shirts. It's very affordable, very comfortable, stylish. Makes you look smart, I would say. Yeah. So our guests... Yes. Du- oh, yes. Double guess. Two very funny people. Two neighbors of mine. Uh, it's <laughs> on the podcast because of proximity. Old. Yeah. It's that's fair. It's, it's a podcast convenient, except we're not because all three of us have traveled up to Andy's place. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Why did we do that? Why didn't you just come there? God, Andy. Do you uh, have a yard with uh, leaf blowers going constantly? Because if you did, <laughs> I would record over there. But I don't think you do. I have a balcony. There's some leaf blowers. Yes, yes. But okay. I don't have all of the equipment. Uh, John and I are neighbors. Yeah, same you're, you're literally neighbors. in the same building. We're real neighbors, neighbors. Right? Actual neighbors. Like to the kind that can hear each other talking and showering. And Are you that close? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I know when he showers, guys. Not when I shower. I shower on the other side of the building. Oh, I know when your girlfriend showers. Yeah. Do you yeah, know about the technique at all? Can you tell whether they're... Yeah, what's she lo- using? Is she using, is she using the back scrub loofah? Is she using Like, ooh, the, it's the shaving handheld? legs day. <laughs> you can tell. <laughs> she's in there a little longer. <laughs> Or she's hungover. Yeah. Shaving legs are just super hungover. Like she got to the upper thighs today. <laughs> those are the voices. Not just of, the <laughs> those are the voices of Suna Bilstead and John Huck. Oh yeah, I guess we should. Uh, oh right, yes. Hi. <laughs> thanks for uh, thanks for having me on. Thanks, thanks for, for coming. Thank yeah. you. And but, Andy, thank you for asking the leaf blower. Not to, telling. Yes, not Ask, telling. Yes. See, yeah. come on, Andy's too nice. More flies to with tell. honey. More flies with honey. Yeah. <laughs> you did. I mean, you were holding a knife. <laughs> you asked. It was behind my back, but it was, it was obviously sticking up above my shoulder. He was peeling a grape with like a crocodile Dundee knife <laughs> for effect, but it doesn't, it's all right. Um, by the way, the loofah thing, I forgot that I used to think that was a dirty word because of that scene in Caddyshack when, um, uh, is it uh, Spalding's mother is showering and someone's in the apartment and shouldn't be there? Oh, and, yeah. When it's uh, the house, like, hand me my loofah. I, I just assumed that was like a dirty are you serious? word. Right, yeah, because yeah. Caddyshack was... Hilarious, was, and you assume that was something that went in her butt, or like, right? Well, <laughs> to, be, yeah. to be fair, scientifically, loofahs are actually quite dirty well, because they yes. get used many times in a row, but and yeah. not vocab- really like, washed. I mean, I know there's an, it's, it's inherently a washing device that needs to be washed. It's like my loofah needs a loofah because it's it's going to be sitting there wet and then growing and things. Then it's in a between, bacteria yeah, pile, like, like sponges are the grossest things in the world. Yeah, you should you are, should change your loofah out like every ten years or so, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, like I one mean, yeah. once, the once like a decade. Just came back from it. Alaska, they used to have two buildings that they put the acts up in. One was the band one, and one was for like a single one for comedians. And now they've lost that, and now they put you in a hotel. It sucks. 
Wait, wait, wait what? No, it doesn't suck. Oh, I was going okay. to oh, say, what are you talking about? So, it sounds better. We are not getting your sarcasm. <laughs> but the older... <laughs> It was the the band building was the one that Doug Stanhope used to have that story about of the antibacterial soap had mold on it. (laughs) (laughs) The thing that's designed to kill mold somehow still managed to cultivate. Wow. (laughs) By the way, speaking of gross and dirty things in my house, I got a little news. I don't know if you guys saw my tweet, but uh, I came back from, I was gone for one day. Just went overnight (laughs) camping, came back. We've got a fucking cat now. We've got a fucking cat. Uh, Stu didn't ask permission of the rest of the roommates just uh, just all of a sudden you have a cat now there's a cat and it's not like a kitten it's like a fully grown uh cat that hates everyone yes so <laughs> very just... hairy shedy oh so it lives shit. indoors it's not like a cat that he adopted he or sh- no he, he said his friend uh, didn't want it anymore which uh, all the more reason why you should want it if someone else really didn't like this <laughs> yeah. thing no hey, because this thing's broken would you like yeah. it yes uh well just because it's an x doesn't mean it doesn't work it's not worthy of future love okay <laughs> we're all Guys, we've all been dumped all once or twice. Not Jesus. me, not once. Yeah. <laughs> God, always mean. the dumper, right? Never the dumpy. No, I've never. I've only been in one relationship. It's the one I'm in now. <laughs> That's it. With my mother. <laughs> oh no! I think I fiance. heard you losing your virginity actually when I walked by once. Yeah. No, well, that could be. <laughs> Extra long shower. We just got together. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, it's it's gross, and it hasn't left from underneath Stu's bed yet, evidently. Well, but at least it stays put. I mean, as long as it's not, like, showing up under, like, you, you're, like, turning your pillow over to get the cool side one evening, and then you got the cat on the other side of it, and you're like, ah! Just scratches your face. You scare the shit out of it. It's like- I posted a picture of it, if you want to look, uh, on my Twitter, which is at Andy T. Wood. Um, yeah, because I had to go in there to reset the router, and, like, his room is now covered in cat fur. Oh. And I looked under the bed, and there were just these glowing eyes angrily looking at me. Is that how you, is that how you found out like the Michael cat was even Jackson there? No, he said, uh, he said if I wanted to leave the money for the cable payment in his room, he said, just, just don't leave the door open too long. There's a new cat, and he might be scared. And I'm like, yeah, that's how, you, that's how you ask permission of your roommates to add a pet to the household? Be careful. He's dangerous. <laughs> I have a furious cat. Like, there's still cat hair from the last cat that died two years ago that hasn't come out of the upholstery yet. Like, that, that couch is a magnet for... I have friends that can't come over because they're allergic to the cat hair that's two years old in our living room. <laughs> now he's going to add this. He's never going to clean me this shit. It's going to be on me. Uh, can I be honest? That oh, looks yeah. like... You like that That picture? looks like... A, it looks like if you... If you didn't tell me that, I'd go, wow, is this like a mountain lion, like, yeah. taken from a distance? Like, <laughs> nope, that's a brand new addition to the Bluebell house. That's right under the... Wow. He does not look pumped either. He no, is he not... doesn't. This is a winning situation for no parties. Yeah, he's not like, hey, guys, it's great to be here. Do we know <laughs> Thanks what for having me. the flaws were prior to why the cat old cat got cat dumped? Being a cat. Oh, wait, why no, this one got on. dumped or why our last one died? Why this one got dumped. We don't know that. I don't know. Well, that. we are soon going to find yes. out. So tune in oh, weekly to probably. What if you looked in there though? It was like riding a unicycle and juggling, and you're like, "Oh my god, okay, fine, fine. it's I'm a magic cat! Yeah. It's a magic cat!" <laughs> but it only performs when like you're having your podcast, and then it doesn't perform <laughs> yeah. any other time. Doing it's like that frog in the Warner Brothers cartoon that <laughs> sings and dances, but only when that one guy's looking. Is that uh, Michigan J? Uh, I don't know. I think his that... name is Michigan J Frog. Oh, really? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I could. The be hello, right. my baby frog. Gotta look this up. Michigan J Frog. No, that frog. But that sounds like a comedian. That is his name. Yep. An audience. Really? He debuted uh, December thirty first, nineteen fifty five, on one froggy evening. Who wrote? Someone famous wrote that, or someone? The hello, wrote, my baby song. No, no, no that that <laughs> actual cartoon. Well, probably cartoon. Yeah, too. probably like uh, 
not Chuck Jones. Uh, Fritz Fre- Stan Fre- Stan Freeberg, Fritz Freeling, uh, Chuck Jones. Who are the other ones that did all? Um, it was it was directed by Chuck Jones. Directed by Chuck Jones and written by Michael Malti. Oh, that frog! Isn't that the W.B. Frog. Well, yeah, Warner Brothers. Yes, yeah, yeah. that's what, yeah. I mean, okay. it was in a Warner Brothers cartoon, or in a cartoon, Warner Brothers adopted the frog and made it their mascot oh. for when the W.B. The W. The w. Mm, yeah, the W.B. W-B. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. the frog. And <laughs> Does that like not exist? Like TV. Did that get merged? Oh, yeah, it got merged with C- CW, w, right? Is that right? Yeah. But I don't know what it is now. I think it's at yeah, CW. Oh, it's called More CW. Okay. Yeah. Hey, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend's on there, and that's fucking funny. Oh, I watched, you're right. I watched that on Hulu. They're trying to shift it. You're right. I watched right. it on Hulu, so I forget what network shit's on because I watch. That's a good right. point, me yeah, too. It's kind of, it, it, things are network agnostic now. You don't really care yeah. which things are Amazon or... Uh, yeah, I mean, I, you... Network I, agnostic. Is that a little too... I'm so, I wasn't oh, trying to let's sound... let's just hold on a minute. No. Just absorb <laughs> no, that fully. Um, <laughs> wow, someone's been reading some blogs Someone had big words for breakfast. Someone had extra dose of alcohol. Yeah. And you're so bloggy today. But yeah. Oh, speaking of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, uh, p- listeners in the Portland area, we're going to have Rachel Bloom of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend at Bridgetown this year. So go to bridgetowncomedy.com and get she, tickets to that. Is she performing? What's she doing? She's doing a whole evening, like a whole night of musical uh, oh, cool. comedy. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. awesome. She's great. That show is that's, so funny. Yeah. Um, that show's very... That's show's very... Uh, I'd like... A little edgier than I thought it would be. Oh, Do you totally. know what I mean? Like some of the some of the humor is like really like cuts into like I mean some of it's local and I guess if you live in California it makes even more sense, but but still some of it I was like I'm surprised that what they let her get away with. Yeah. Which and is I, good. I mean I'm I'm happy for her. That's good. I don't think that's a bad thing at all. And I'm also surprised I liked it. I thought it was gonna be like glee or something. It's like no, not I, at all. Yeah, it's me too. It's, I, it's uh, musical, but it's all original songs. It's much more funny. at the sort of flight of the Concords end of just drops yes. into silly songs in the middle of the narrative. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, and and it makes fun the show makes fun of itself in the sense that like it knows what it is. So I don't know. It's I, I yeah, I th- I, was, I didn't watch Glee at all, but I did. I watched a good chunk of My Crazy Ex Girlfriend, and I thought it was it was pretty good for. She wants you. I want to know. It's not My Crazy Ex Girlfriend. It's Crazy Ex Girlfriend. Oh, it's, it's not sorry. from the man's perspective. Oh, it's not. It's not uh, insane shaming women. Hey, it's, it's about, everyone's crazy ex girlfriend. <laughs> it's about was- her, not about the guy and her being in relation to him. It's about what makes a person go crazy not really crazy but that you know, was it's, unclear it's, though when it was first when they were first posters everywhere yeah. people were tweeting about it like My, people were making jokes like oh like they were as if it was shaming yeah and it's cra- very like much girls. yeah i yeah. think it might so that must yeah. have been a tough like week for her before the show premiered like oh god yeah. people no. don't get it oh, have i picked the it. wrong title for this show <laughs> It's like selfie, got it, selfie. It two great. years ago was oh, it was the worst title, worst yeah. title, and it was it was a it was a good show. I don't know how, how much of it you saw, but it was really it was a reimagining of um, uh, it it was kind of fair lady, yeah, no, Pygmalion, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's um, but I mean that's just the like the loosest right, right, right. Uh, shell for it. But yeah, it was it was it was good. Like it was really good, and just but it just had a name that made the you go title. like. Uh, this won't be for me. I didn't. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't see any it's of it. John Cho and friend of the show Karen Gillan. Right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I like I John Cho too. I, he, I, but I feel like that guy gets into like everything, and then all of a sudden it might not do so well. Not because of him, but just like the luck that he has with. Oh, Star Trek did okay. Oh well, yeah, 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 yeah. Star Trek. <laughs> well, let's wait and see. <laughs> but but I, <laughs> let's say, are the numbers in on that? Are the in on that? <laughs> A lot of people seem to be talking about this Star Wars instead. Yes. They can't even get the name right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, 
guests of the show today, uh, we always ask our guests this before we get into the stories. What, if anything, is your background in science? And and sometimes it's a full degree. Sometimes it's just like, hey, there was a class that I liked or there was a class that I hated or I used to set fire to things in the woods. Uh, I don't remember much about science except for one time I was tripping on acid in high school in a science class. Okay, and that was the one time. Well, there was like well, that's were, like double science doing, in like, a way. Elemental thing. There were there were uh, you know drawing the the bubbles and then the things that connect the bubble like the strings that go between or uh, cells. Okay. You know the, the you know the sure. the mobiles where it's like like round ball round ball round ball and then the things that connect them and and then I this is like, for like molecule like yes. illustration oh, okay, molecules okay, okay. Okay. Yeah, see yeah. that's how much connection <clears throat> to science I have but I just remember being stoned I mean high tripping my balls off and being like what are the things between the balls and like asking my friend like what are the things and they're like should I ask this is an amazing genius question I'm a physicist in waiting um, and then they were like no Suda don't ask that question and then Did that you? was uh, I don't think I did. It was the one time I actually listened to smart advice. Wait, wait, so, why, why is that a bad? That would have been yeah, a perfectly I was say. fine question. That actually seemed like a good yeah, question. That kind of is. Um, that's actually bonds, right? I guess. Well, yeah. Asking answer, what actually like, connects, right. what actually connects atoms together to make molecules is actually a trickier question than it seems yeah. like that's something that's still however yeah. at that time but maybe I, the answer would have uh made your head explode but yeah. i think the only reason why my my scientific innards were open enough to think of it was because i was tearing my balls off so i don't know if it was really would have really anyway uh science is cool and i like it <laughs> in, the um, in the very abstract form uh yeah i think i mean i was always fine at it but uh, I was not. I was never good. Like I never excelled in any sciences uh, going to school. But by the time I took, uh, I took an astronomy class in college, and then I took a. Uh, I took it a couple times. I like I didn't do so well at it. Then I had to take it again, <laughs> and then the third time I took it, uh, there was this guy who taught it who was just like Carl Sagan. He dressed just like Carl Sagan. He had like the turtleneck, turtleneck. with the sport coat. He kind of spoke like Carl Sagan. He showed us a bunch of Carl Sagan like <laughs> movies and stuff. And I was like, I really like the smallness of the world really set in at that point, and just like how how crazy the universe is. And I never really like again, never really like pursued anything scientific. I think if I had maybe would have been smarter, I could have gotten into forensic science. Okay. That would have been that would have been kind of interesting. But I also think maybe that's just because I watched like three seasons of CSI. Yeah. And I'm like, oh yeah. And you just want to be able to sort of take a step back and go, it's murder. Yeah, Yeah, take my sunglasses off and and (laughs) say cliche things. (laughs) But also more the more I like the older I get, I'm becoming obsessed with like NASA and like I have that little app on my phone where you can watch all the they have cameras on like everything. So you can watch the things docking into of space stations and rockets taken off and and I just think like these guys this guy lived in space for the he had the he has the record now for being up in, it's crazy to me like just to be in outer space and uh and and if I was like 70 and they had that Mars thing I was like he wants a one way trip ticket to Mars you know and I didn't have like a wife or kids or anything and I'd be like yeah I'll, let's go to Mars you know what I mean like I would spend my last days like on another planet it would be cool well speaking of space things that you can just watch um did we all see the SpaceX landing? So cool. Um, so SpaceX has been 
trying to successfully land um, the first stage of their rockets again, uh, which they managed on land uh, at the end of last year. And this year, for the first time, they successfully landed the first stage of their rocket on a floating platform in the middle of the ocean. Wow. Which so, saves millions of dollars because they can reuse that instead of just having it so, fall. Yeah, because so usually the first, they just go in and then they pull them out and they're all waterlogged. If they even well, the, yeah, the first yeah. stage... Oh, so you mean bring it, like go up to, like send it up to space and then bring it back down? Yeah, so... One collected piece that's reusable. Exactly. So rockets are, rockets are made of, of several stages. So the first stage, which is just like the huge amount, it's just basically a huge amount of fuel right. and just does the most of the heavy lifting, just gets, gets you right off the up. ground and, and gets you out of the... explodes and... Yeah, yeah and then that okay. splits off and that normally just comes crashing, either burns up in the atmosphere or comes crashing down to earth and drops in the sea. And instead, they've got oh, it wow. successfully flipping around and landing on a floating platform. Here it goes. It... <gasps> Like landing vertically on a floating platform oh, in man. the middle of the ocean. It's insane. That is super impressive. Oh yeah. Yeah. It looks like. Are you sure we didn't just watch that in reverse? Exactly <laughs> you guys aren't like, you're tricking it's me. It's like a hoax. It's like a reverse hoax. And the barge it landed on is called Of Course I Still Love You, which is great. That's <laughs> the name of the barge. You didn't just make that up. No, no, it's that's, ca- that's what they, that's what it's called. Also, of course, it's, it's, I still love you. That's it's a it's a it's a what's the word? It's an angry ocean. Like I the thing. Get in the uh, yeah, it's not it's not on like, it's not a, like it's totally a lake flat. of glass. It's, it's like rocking significantly. But I would say that's like you know that's, five or ten foot. Did it land into a frame or did it just like was it like a free standing? Like it did it go into like a thing? You know, it like, just landed on a flat barge, but that barge is in the middle of the ocean, so it had to hit that from miles up. It had to like triangulate the location of that and then land in reverse using only rockets on the bottom of like imagine trying to like yeah that's i don't even know what a good analogy would be like balancing one analogy i saw was like throwing a pencil over a skyscraper and having it land on its end right right like it um of course i still love you by the way as a reference to ian m banks it's uh to what it's an ian ian m banks like the sci-fi writer ian banks or ian m M banks Banks? oh i don't know this yeah uh, he like he writes us both depending whether it's sci-fi or reg- or non-sci-fi books. Uh, and the M is in brackets for some reason. Why uh, does that pro- come up when you Google him? Probably because it's either it's either or depending on what he writes as. Okay, I'm not aware of his work, and I'm probably showing my lack of nerd cred to our listeners right now. I've never the Wasp Factory is that what he's known for? John and I's mouths are curling again, and we look like we just need to go take a nap (laughs) while you guys are talking about Ian. Have you read his stuff, Matt? You're still aware. I read the Wasp Factory, and I think I've read a couple of his other books. Okay, maybe this is worth checking out. He's a great writer, or was a great writer. John, what's your middle name? When did he? When did he pass away? Uh, A couple of years ago. Okay, so he's fairly. Fairly modern. Yeah, he was only fifty-nine. Oh, whoa! Three years ago, probably lived like a writer though. Ah, yeah. How did he die? Let's see. I think it was cancer of some sort. Oh, okay. Everyone dies from cancer. That's unfortunate. David Guest, guys. Moment oh, of silence yeah. for uh, a friend of the show. Has <laughs> he been on the show? <laughs> I was looking oh. him up. I'm like, why? Who is besides marrying Liza Minnelli? Why do we know who he is? And there's there's no there's nothing there's nothing. He produced well, two, one TV special 16 years two, ago and two reality shows. He was on, but he was on those because he was a right, celebrity. Right. No, no, no. Was, because he was, how, yeah. but because he was married to Liza Minnelli or whatever. That's... And it turns out he used the same. Pla- he was friends with Michael Jackson back in the 80s, and he went to the same plastic surgeon as Michael Jackson. <laughs> and it showed. He looked good. Yeah, <laughs> you know, who is that plastic surgeon? Because he really. Yeah, has he even get it? Can he get work anymore? 
<laughs> one that was on trial? No, no that was no, his, that's um, like doc- that was his oh, regular doctor. That was his doctor. doctor. Guy that was oh, his fun, sleepy doctor. Trial. Yeah, which, by the way, I've got a friend who's an anesthetist, and when that story happened, like, e- like even before the trial came out, she went, oh, it was propofol? He, w- he was like, oh, no, no, he's guilty as fuck. Like, oh. even before There's that came no out. no use for that besides... Uh, Pro- she's like, she said, no, that we, uh, that's, that's an anesthetic that I sometimes use in surgery, but when you give someone propofol... You monitor. You basically breathe for them. <laughs> like you oh, look up. Oh. Like you monitor their breathing and you everything. Can't just and then give it to them and let them go to sleep. No, it's ge- it's general anesthetic. It's not like yeah. a sedative. Oh, yeah. It's yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. General- oh. so um so she like the second she saw that she's like, oh yeah he's he's like, guilty. Like he's not not not. A- like there's, she, no she reason, watched there's no reason there would be no reason to give somebody yeah. pro. She said she watched the trial. Like, even like the doctor, the defense attorney's doctor. Like the defense doctor was like his testimony was still like, no, no, that's still damning your your client. That's still like man, keep being the guy that killed Michael Jackson. Ugh, <laughs> that's shitty. I don't know how to transition from that into a story. Oh, so <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's on it's me for not, a... not being a better host. I still like the fact oh, that I mean... you were taught by a Carl Sagan tribute act. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it was a cover band, the Carl Sagan cover band. I wish I could. I think is. I think it was. Was he doing like a doctor? Was he like aware? Was he going for the Carl Sagan thing? Look, yeah, like, it's, called like, it's called like Cosmosly. I t- I look at it like this. When I was like a little kid. I loved Bob Dernier. He played center field for the Cubs. So I wore a little Bob Dernier t-shirt that my mom made me with a Cubs hat to and from school and stuff. So right. I kind of knew what I was doing at the time. I was, so like, was dressing an, oh, like this hero of mine. Yeah. So I think this guy was kind of like, that's a great look. Yeah. I dig I'm, it. I'm, I'm I can it. pull it off because he could, except for he did sweat through that sport coat <laughs> oh, a couple of layers. times. Like, yeah, like and a sport coat yeah. sweat. But also wow. at the same time, I'm like, well, of course, dude, you're wearing a turtleneck and a sport coat. That's yeah. a little it's bit warm. It's called hyperhydrosis, and I know that because I'm into science. Uh-huh. Oh, is that what and I because have? that's what she has. <laughs> yeah, okay. do you have hyperhydrosis? I mean, I sweat more than anybody I know. So oh, I sweat. I, I, I'm yeah. sure I sweat I more. used to like cry in high school because I could only wear black and white. Yeah. And it, layers because oh, I was like a sweaty person, but it wasn't like stinky. It was just like really... Really Wet. sweaty, and yeah. then I, I told the therapist about it, <laughs> and then he didn't. So he waited till the end of the session, and he's like, "I didn't want to waste session time on this, but I just want you to know, it's called hyperhidrosis, and there's a thing that you can get for it, and it's called Certain Dry, and it's like a prescription strength deodorant that you put on. It's gonna give <laughs> Did you me just it? no, yeah. dude. It's gonna give. It's like has so much aluminum in it. It's really bad for you, but honestly, the stress and anxiety of having like. Sweat pits was so much worse than whatever's going to happen to me. Than Alzheimer's, death. Than yeah. Alzheimer's, I which mean, is that's bullshit. Bad. Right? I know. I, I believed that for a while, and I stopped using, I guess, any perspirants which have that. And yeah. then, then I just Google it. and I'm like, oh wait, it's kind of like a myth. Yeah. I mean, I can't. Why did I just smell for a couple years for instead of googling? <laughs> well, why, but what about? What but anyway, certain dry, yeah. and I was so happy. I like, I was like, literally in tears. I called friends. I'm like, meet me at the supermarket. My life's gonna change, <laughs> and it did. You having a so, ribbon cutting ceremony at the certain dry? Like, like one little ribbon under each arm. <laughs> I've like written an open letter to certain drive. Please let me be your spokeswoman. But, uh, so Andy Wood, I just became your therapist. Thank you. I can't believe the therapist your was so worried about therapist. those 20 seconds. I know. Like, I don't want to bill you for this. So uh, yeah. we're going to wait till I don't want to waste clock. your time or yeah. mine, but here's the deal. <laughs> what, it was a cheap therapist. But is, is there any truth to deodorant causing like 
giving breast cancer, having breast cancer, uh, or people were saying like aluminum was the thing, and, yeah. and and Alzheimer's was what I always heard was the thing that'll cause it. But um, let me do, yeah, I guess matter. Sorry, I got because... off topic. You have topics. No, no, I, I want to know if, if there's a new because this was like probably when I was at my hippiest. Mm -hmm. 2003 or 4 before the 2004 election disillusioned me forever and I was like fuck everything Snopes has Uh, it as a big false by the way okay cool yeah yeah I was vegetarian for a year or two and I stopped using any purse print and then uh then Bush got reelected. I was like, "He's like, I'm gonna have I'm gonna a steak and I'm gonna put on some. I don't want to smell anymore. I'm gonna put on <laughs> some yeah. speed stick." Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, there's a Snopes actually has itself listed as false. Oh no, oh, the vortex. Mind open. But wait, but if Snopes is false, then it's claimed that it's false is oh false. My God. Oh, Snopes is a paradox. <laughs> Guys, I have the hacky sack. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's hang outside of beads and more beads. <laughs> there was a. Uh, there was I, get, I hate to quote Big Bang Theory, but I was doing research for this show. Oh God! Um, <laughs> you love it. I what? No, I don't. I hate Big Bang Theory. I've never seen a full eyes. episode in my life. Um, but it made a good reference to the fact that uh, um, what's the song that references itself, and then uh, the paradox that that is. Fuck! Oh, I wish I hadn't brought this up. Is it the I know no a song that gets on everybody's nerves? Because that references itself. No, 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 no. Um, is it the greatest song in the world by Tenacious D? No. Tribute. Very, and it's not the bad. it's not the Elton John one that's self-referential. There's the, too many. So- there's a ton of them. There's the, like the they might be giants song that talks about how hard it is to write a song. No, and it's not. I'm I'm gonna delete all this. God damn it! Why can't I think of what it is? What's a song that celebrates itself and talks about how someone's going to write a great song? And like, is this that song, or is uh, are this is the song that they're going to? So not you're gonna say not the Elton John one, where it's like you can tell everybody. <laughs> no, this is your that's a song. lot of songs about songs. We just discovered <laughs> the Beatles. I, I will. When at last I find you, this song will fill the air. Does that mean he's just found you as he's singing it? Or and then there's the, there's a John Denver one, I think. Leaving on a jet plane. <laughs> Rocky Mountain High. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's a ton of songs that are like, well, how is this song being sung as it's being written? I'm John Denver, bitch. What? Oh, like it wouldn't <laughs> make sense that it dream? was the way it was being sung was like it's, the song hadn't been written yet. This is about itself. Oh. And then I also forgot what the name of the paradox is that uh, the Bazinga Dude references in that show. The Bazinga Dude. <laughs> I don't even know. I listen, I've literally never seen a full episode of it. Well, What's well, good because you're not version. my mom. I think yeah. that's the only person who watches that show that somehow. And mine. Is, yeah, moms love Big Bang moms Theory. And, dads, and I guess that's that enough shit. to win it, a nerds. million Emmys or whatever it's got now. Um, it's, well, they're all versions of Russell's paradox. That's what it is. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Which is that uh, if you have the set of sets that don't include themselves, that set doesn't include itself yeah. or something. Does the set of all sets that don't include themselves include itself mm-hmm. is the paradox, which is basically the same as uh, it's base. It's pretty similar to the barber's paradox, which is the barber shaves everyone in the town who doesn't shave themselves. Who shaves the barber? Barber shaves everyone in town who doesn't shave themselves. Who shaves? And you start, and you you go in that same loop. You go like, okay, well, if the barber doesn't shave himself, then he's in the set of people who doesn't shave himself. So he's in the group of people who he shaves. Shit, yeah. So he does shave himself. So now he doesn't shave himself. Yeah, it's the same deal. Okay. okay. And is Russell? Uh, that was Bertrand Russell. Russell Peters. Yeah. Russell, <laughs> Russell yeah. Peters paradox. He also Russell that. Martin. Russell, Peters. <laughs> Russell Simmons death paradox. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, Bertrand Russell, who is also a great uh, philosopher and mathematician, right? Yep. Probably played guitar, too. I bet he 
I bet he dabbled in a bunch of stuff. Uh, are most are most philosophers pretty mathematical, or is that not that, necessarily the case? That used to be more case. of a thing. Yeah, yeah, there used to be more overlap, I feel like, between philosophy and math. Or maybe there still is. I don't know. I'm uh, sure there still is. I just feel like it. We, we, it's yeah. not connected like it. Well, this looks like there's think. I mean, isn't there? There's different kind of philosophers. There's mathematical. Well, yeah, and there's mathematical think thought. Yeah, like metaphysical philosophy is. Right, right, right. Is I need more coffee. Shit, this was a bad idea. (laughs) Coffee. But there's a yeah, um, mathematical logic and certain branches of philosophy crossover. Mm -hmm. Which Russell's Russell's there, there was a book he published that. I think proved that one plus one equals two that took him about a hundred pages. Really? Awesome. And in the end, did it, it, did it work out or no, it turns out it doesn't. This doesn't add up Just guys. Back to the drawing board. Yeah. Oh guys, we're going to, all right, everyone, everyone turn in your calculators. But, but everyone's sitting there going, but yeah, but one and one, it does yeah. equal. What is the problem? Here? <laughs> then he had like an addendum about how you and me and baby makes three. <laughs> that took a long time to prove also. I um, Hey, while we're talking about stuff that is in the ocean and hard to land on and hard to find, uh, listener Sean Gordon sent in this story about a stealthy Navy ship that was too stealthy. Um, Navy's futuristic destroyer is apparently too stealthy. Uh, when it comes to naval destroyer, um, the U.S. Navy's new Zumswalt-class gui- guided missile destroyer is so covert that during normal peacetime operations, its crew plans to sail with giant reflectors which is reflective cylinders hoisted in the air to ensure other ships can see it. Uh, a lobster man. A lobster man? That's what that's called? I've never seen that as all one word. I don't, I don't, I don't word. know a word of what you just said. Do you? Well, yeah, you're saying that this ship so, is so stealthy that in times of peace when they're not at war, they're not using this to battle anybody, they have to they have call to... attention to it because yeah. otherwise other ships will crash into it? That's pretty much it. Does uh, this remind you guys of, like, well, I grew up in Michigan, and so sometimes Halloween time would be already like dead of winter, like freezing cold. You've got a great costume, and you have yeah. To yeah, a, a winter jacket over winter it, jacket. like yeah, over your kick-ass robot costume. Yeah. cool. You're a cold robot. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I <used to laughs> Make with the my candy Halloween lady. Costumes just for warmth. I'm like, yeah. that was the cars like the first order of business. You. Like, what can I be? Yeah, you reflectors on. Snowman again. Snowman never wore these reflectors, mom. Was yeah. Well, maybe that's why that snowman is dead. (laughs) (laughs) And that's why you wear reflectors. But, I mean, that... uh, uh, Why are we... Why is it sailing around, maybe, in times of peace, if it... So, so I'm still stealth. obsessed with this lobster man who lobster I now man. realize is, is someone who works on a lobster fishing boat and not yeah, just like a lobster. Yeah, you thought he was like a human Earth lobster. Like a lobster. Yeah, there yeah. is one of those guys, but it's like probably a different article. Yeah, yeah, he's probably not that much of a nautical. No. It would just be overkill. If yeah. you were a lobster man to be... Around the sea? <laughs> yeah, it would, be, it would be overkill. Um, so this lobster man in Maine, who's called Lawrence Pye, told the Associated Press that during a recent outing, his radar indicated a 40 or 50 foot fishing vessel was approaching it turned out to be a 610 foot warship it's pretty mammoth when it's that close to you he told the news service it's already 50 times more difficult to detect on radar than other destroyers in the fleet but it'll be even stealthier after the testing equipment loading onto the ship for trials is removed um the reflective material that will be used aboard the zumswalt will look like metal cylinders other vessels have also used the material during difficult navigation conditions, such as in heavy fog or busy shipping lanes. Uh, it's oh, it also wasn't the first marine, uh, 
the first main mariner to encounter the Zumzwalt while it was out on sea trials. In December, the ship actually answered the distress call of a fisherman who had a heart attack. Uh, when he saw the ship. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, when the Coast Guard rescue helicopter concluded it would be too dangerous to try and hoist the fisherman, uh, uh, who's called Dale Sparrow. God, these are good names. Dale Sparrow, Sparrow. Dale, Dale Sparrow. Dale Sparrow. that sounds Sparrow. like... James uh, Pye? Yeah, and Captain James Downey is the Zumswalt program manager. Yeah, this is a movie. Uh, starting off this, with is, some... this movie's writing itself, yeah, everybody. Yeah, yeah. Zumswalt. The Zumswalt came to the man's rescue and transferred him to the destroyer's deck. From there, Coast Guard crew... Uh, from Air Station Cape Cod, hoisted him and transported him to the shore where he was rushed to the main medical center. He's now in a stable condition. I like how the, the article ends on a totally unrelated and stealthy <laughs> ship note. It's just like, also, a dude one time had a heart A while ago, it's, this one dude got freaked out. It's kind of like an article written by my mom. He's like, also, have you heard about Dale yeah, Sparrow? Yeah, he, he's almost dead. Like, oh, thanks, mom. He was going to die, but then he didn't die because then the fishing boat came to rescue him. And oh, it was very touch and go for a second. But anyway, uh, so your auntie has been... <laughs> mom ADD. Yeah, this uh, ship looks pretty awesome. That's very angular, I guess. As that's what's what makes it, uh, you know, less detectable by radar. It looks like a is that stealth bomber like in the ocean. Uh, it's okay. all flat, oh. flat. So when they say stealth, they just they just they're just referring to radar. Like obviously, yeah, you can see no it. It's not like it is camouflage or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I guess it, it's also probably relatively hard to see from the naked eye, just because it's um, uh, the way it's designed. Yeah, it's painted. Yeah. And like and also the, the idea is that the first ship to be painted blue or something. <laughs> but then and also I think it's like one of those things like you have no real idea the size of it until it's right on you, and that's that I think is what the stealth like. Like yeah. this guy, he detected it on his radar, but it was only like whatever five five yeah, hundred feet long. And it turned out to be blips. this massive thing. Yeah. You know well, what I mean? So. I'm currently uh, reading Mary Roach's new book, which was sent to us by her publishers and I know we're still hopefully no I think we're gonna have we're gonna have her on the next um, month or two that would be awesome because she's great and we've been trying to get her on for a while but um her new book is uh Grunt it's called Grunt and it's all about um it's all about military equipment and clothing oh and well, like what, the human side of like not about actual warfare but about all the yeah about the people who develop the the military oh. equipment and clothing and test it and it's great because she's a great writer um, but she was talking about that there's been a lot of debate and a lot of different changes over the years as to the standard, uh, the camouflage patterns. Mm-hmm. And these things are sometimes just at the will uh, of fashion yeah, and say, one okay, general. They don't necessarily like go do research, like what is the general pattern well, in they, this? They do research. Fighting? They absolutely do research, but then sometimes a general will just swoop in and go, this one. <laughs> it just, oh my god so a general is like an executive producer that has no idea what's going that on that sometimes happens and one of the things that the navy had I think they had I don't know if they still do but the navy at one point they were like yeah we should have camouflage patterns but in things that are right for us so they had like blue camouflage pattern which is obviously of no use if you're on a ship but does mean that if you fall overboard you're no impossible to spot yeah. like yeah. it just... it's bizarre that's great <laughs> <laughs> Uh, should we? Is that book out yet? Should we encourage people to get that, or is it not? I actually... think it might be pre-orderable. Okay, look but at us, guys. Try to order before yeah. she comes on the show. Uh, it's called Grunt. Grunt. She yeah. also wrote Packing for Mars, and Ooh. Uh, was that literally about what gold. you would take to Mars? Pretty much. Oh, awesome. Huck, there it is. I want to read. I'll read that. <laughs> yeah. It comes from. You're gonna circle, need guys. it. It's just Huck a list is of going to Mars albums. when you know. If I would like to say that I kind of, I, I kind of already went to Mars. I. Went and saw the movie um, 
The Martian. Oh, in, yeah. In the theater with the seats that move. No. So it was kind of yeah. like I went yeah. to space, too. You know what I mean? And You're a full-on astronaut, really. That's... Thank you. Was what I, I wasn't going to say that out loud, but if you're going to say it, I'm not going to dispute it. They gave everyone like a mission pin as you left the theater. They did, the but that I, they should have. Where because was of, this? I feel like uh, it was it was somewhere it was somewhere close. It was like wherever we went, there was only two seats on each side that had this movement. Thing. Oh, really? So me and Nicole sat in them, oh and like God. like literally. 15 minutes into the movie, I was like, this was a stupid... <laughs> <laughs> were there other adults there? This was yeah, not just like a children's there. thing, yeah. right? No, 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 no. It's an adult thing. They, they, they have whole theaters that do it, but... Um, but how many movies... I mean, like, if you're seeing like, yeah, a Merchant you, Ivory oh, movie, yeah, that's like, retrofitting... The, well, the whole thing is like, any movie that has a lot of movement, like, you don't want to be in a chair. Like, that's ridiculous. Like, hurling through space. That seems like a landing, bad investment. Like, yeah. well, I think it I was, told you that was not a good idea. I think I've told our listeners this before. My best my favorite ever movie experience i've never seen all of quantum of solace the bond movie oh me neither i've seen the first three quarters of it because i was watching it on a plane and the flight finished before the film did but about two-thirds to three quarters of the way through there's like a dogfight, like a plane chase aerial combat oh, sequence wow. And that coincided with a really bumpy landing. Oh, wow. Oh, like a, it was like really turbulent oh, as we were coming in. So I was on a plane that was like being buffeted <laughs> around. And it was it was like a bad one. People were kind of nervous and gripping yeah. the sides. Oof. And I've never been in, I've never enjoyed it more. I was like, this is fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is exciting. And then you realize, oh, oh this isn't part of the movie. <laughs> Next to you. Oh, yeah. Just punch him in the stomach. Be quiet. Yeah, that's interesting. Like watching a plane crash movie on a plane would be. Well, it wasn't a plane crash movie, right? There was no. Like... Well, that's I, well, right. Bond got okay, out okay. fine. Right, but did another Spoiler plane alert, crash? He survived. Yeah. Did another? Did another plane crash? Because yeah, I... but that plane like spirals off in the distance. I think okay, you I was don't see say, that. They, they don't. They don't show plane crash movies on. I would planes. love to watch a like, live. They're not going to show a live on, on the plane. A plane. They, they, they oh, kind of do now, though. Well, they cut out scenes. I'm pretty sure. They used sure. to, but they, nowadays they sometimes don't. Is that like a conscious thing that they've thought of? I think. I think I saw. I don't want to believe I made this up or heard this. I think. I saw the movie Castaway on an airplane, and they just cut out the part where he crashed. <gasps> that could very well. I would. That would not surprise me at all because the last thing you want to do is people who you have in the, in the flight that are already nervous flyers. Yeah. Like me, I've like, I like. I feel like I accept my death every time I get on a plane. I'm like, you well, have to. I go, yeah. well, this was. I had a but, good run, and then, you know. And then when I land, I'm like, oh, hey, it continues. That's great. Like, but also, I think it's changed a bit now because people have personal screens, whereas. You used to just have the one movie that everyone watches together. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Look at that look, that was just a bunch of people all agreeing to one thing together. <laughs> yep. Look at that together. But I wouldn't want it. I wouldn't want somebody nervous flyer next to me seeing like a plane crash in a movie. And be like, oh, oh, is that how it is? Oh, I got it. Oh, I got it. Like, like if they're going to show Lost, they're not going to show the pilot. You know what I mean? They're not going to mm. show the. They'll show every other episode except the pilot. Uh, I'd like to think. talk to an airline employee about this, by the way. An oh, they'll be super helpful. Coordinator they'll with be super Virgin helpful. Air. Uh, Grunt is available for pre-order. It comes out at the beginning of June. Okay. Get Grunt, everybody. Halfway through it, and I highly recommend it. She's a great, great writer. Get on that Grunt. Uh, Speaking of space travel, did you guys know Stephen Hawking and a Russian billionaire want to send a tiny, light-powered spacecraft to Alpha Centauri? Yes, which is like... What fourteen years past Mars or something? It's, uh, <laughs> it's like, well, this, a fair bit more than it's. Yeah, yeah. It's um, how many light years away is it? Well, it's going to get there in twenty years, which is actually super fast. Um, so Yuri Milner, a Russian venture capitalist, is working with Stephen Hawking, and they just announced a hundred million dollar initiative for exploring Alpha Centauri, the star system nearest to our own. The project is called Breakthrough Starshot, and the goal is to explore the technologies needed to create light. 
Um, small, light-powered spacecraft capable of reaching Alpha Centauri in just 20 years. Um, and actually, Facebook CEO and founder Mark Zuckerberg will join Hawking and Milner on the project's board of directors. Um, so we've talked about this method of propulsion before. I'm 90% sure on the podcast. They're called, uh, these spacecraft are called light sails because they use light for propulsion, and they're not new. One was even launched by Bill Nye and the Planetary Society last year. And light sail spacecraft typically use the sun's light or solar wind for propulsion, but Milner's proposed version would instead use a giant laser array to propel the spacecraft toward Alpha Centauri. Uh, the sails would measure a few meters wide, a few hundred atoms thick, and have very little mass. And they would tow even smaller spacecraft behind the sails, which uh, Milner calls star chips. And part of the goal of Starshot is to find a way to make these star chips wafer thin while still including things like cameras, sensors, power supply, communication, navigation equipment, and photon thrusters for maneuvering. So uh, Alpha Centauri is more than four light years or 25 trillion miles away. So it's pretty impressive if we can get there in 20, 20 years. years. Yeah. That, like, wow. that, what's, that's the, that, like, that's the future, right? That's, yeah. eventually we're going to, like, wormholes and black holes and all this stuff, we're going to be able to, like, go into different dimensions. It's going to get, like... It would be cool to live another million years, you know, just to see. <laughs> I do get I'd I say get another tired. thousand would, get, would be yeah, enough. Yeah, yeah. It would get tiring, but I mean, just to million, see. Million, I don't think humans. I don't think there's going to be humans in a million years. Well, there might not be. There might yeah, not be. No, or no. there might be like half human, half robot cyborgs. Who knows? So what do they want to do when they get to Alpha Centauri? What's like, what's the Good plan? Good question. And what happens on, like, I'm, I'm just, I'm fascinated by the idea of like them getting there, still having the technology that they left Earth with, but meanwhile, back on Earth, there's, well, we have 20 more much, years of technology, that, and I'm just curious how that... That but, just happened with the Pluto New Horizons, but on half the scale, because that took 10 years to get there. My friend worked on it in 2005, then last year it got there, and everyone had moved on with their careers, and they all got back together, got the gang back together to be like, now we're finally getting the data from our thing 10 uh, years ago we did. it was... Right, and, and yeah. don't they make that? Well, I guess stuff twenty years is like, not that not much that in crazy. the big picture of. But it's this is so fast. Like, so yeah, just to think the that it's four light years to Alpha Centauri, so and this thing's going to get there supposedly in twenty years if they're if the their calculations are correct. Me to walk to New York. Yeah, <laughs> so it has to it has to get to uh, it's going to get to one hundred thirty four million miles per hour. Yeah, and it's right got, now it's going fastest, like a fifth on average, a fifth of the speed of light. Yeah, and there's no human being, isn't? No, no, it's no, tiny. No, no, it's, no. it's a wafer thin, <laughs> tiny thing with a sail that would be uh, propelled with the, lasers. Yeah, the only way you can get something to go that fast is to have something incredibly light and small and, and aerodynamic. Oh, that, well, aerodynamics don't matter. Thin, that doesn't know, oh, really? Because okay. there's no air. Oh, you're just, just the in mass. Space. You need to have a tiny. So you can actually mass. have a really wide sail. And to get a sense of scale, Voyager One has been traveling at forty thousand miles per hour for almost forty years. And it's still less than point zero 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 five percent of the distance to Alpha Centauri. Wow! So this thing will be going yeah, one hundred thirty-four million miles per hour eventually. And then what is it going to be bringing with it? Like all that tiny equipment, things like cameras, sensors, communication, navigation equipment, okay. so it can get data about that star system and send it back to us. But even that data then would take four years to arrive back here. So, um, but so in twenty-four years, we'd know. I mean. You're talking about going beyond the edge of the universe that we know. Yeah, right? yeah. Which That's, is oh, it's, cool. it's, so, it's oh massive. Yeah, the that. scale of this uh, of Starshot's ambition significantly exceeds any projects currently in operation, and it's not just the problem of the unheard of speeds required to get there, uh, and it's not just developing the light sails and ships. They would also require significant infrastructure. For instance, to get the tiny spacecraft, dubbed nanocrafts, off the ground, a mothership would need to be built and launched mm. in high altitude orbit. 
plus the laser ray meant to propel the crafts hasn't been developed. <laughs> and it too would need to be built in an especially dry, high altitude location on Earth in order to work. Oh, okay. Altitude location on Earth. You're not, they weren't talking about like having to launch it from outer space, were they? Well, they'd have to get it off the to ground in the mothership. Get it super far away and then, and then actually it launch it. Yeah. And then laser it on its way. Yeah. But I'm not quite sure if, that, if they're saying that that laser ray would stay on Earth or if that would... Um, be in the... I bet it's in, something they control from yeah. space. It seems or like for 20 of years of having the same thing, like lasering away, it seems like being on a steady ground would be... Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure it even has to, you know, it just has to be lasering until it reaches whatever the maximum speed they're looking for is, and then nothing's going to slow it down. The the age of the people involved in this project is such that most of them won't be alive by the time this guy comes back. I don't know why you assume people are all dead in 20... Oh, he's never coming back. 40 years. He's never coming back. They can't turn it around and bring it back. It's going to send the information back. It's not trying to come back. Okay, so it's not 20 years back. No, no, no. It's four years. You did say something. How much is it? Four years You said there. You quoted something. Well, four I'm saying, years? but yeah. then once it sends information, that travels at light speed, and and four light years is the distance it takes light to travel. Or is, I don't the know the distance what that, that light. Means. A light year is how far. Yeah, uh, I know what a light year is, but I don't know how long that so is. So four light years, it takes light four years to go four light oh, years. Oh, so that's four. Okay, that's what that is. Literally a year. That's a year okay. of light traveling. That's light years a distance that oh, okay. light goes in a, year. in a year. So it's four light years away. It'll take twenty years to get there. But then once it sends any data, that is traveling at the speed back. of light. So that'll take okay. four more years to get back. Um, and they said, yeah, the initial budget's $100 million, or the initial amount they're looking for is $100 million so years. Okay. for R&D, but the actual price tag would be much higher. Um, so it'll be comparable to the largest current scientific experiments, which run in the billions of dollars. For this tiny little thing that'll go super fast. And, and do you guys feel that like, that's a good value? For money spent on a thing for sure. science exploration. I mean, I'm not. I'm not saying I don't really entirely know how I feel yeah. about it, but there is certainly a part of my brain that's like, well, you know what? There's probably a lot of people on this current Earth who could be helped by a billion dollars. Certain, or, but then again, it's only twenty cents per person on Earth. How much could they be helped really with that? Uh, <laughs> well, there's also a good argument I'm that I'm not saying twenty cents per person. Uh, I was thinking more. Like... Or fifteen cents per person, I guess. Everyone yeah. gets twenty cents. Yeah. <laughs> I'll well, give up my twenty cents for my poor the neighbor. Thought, there's also the thought, though, that doing stuff like that and and having it be funded by people that can actually afford it right. and and having it be successful is helping out War- yes. the world, like yes. the future generations. Yes. And I'm, and I'm not like. It would be nice to think that we could go to other planets and colonize and not destroy them like yes. we're doing right now. Mm. But Like exactly what we do on the Earth. Yes, but who knows? It could just be we leave a trail of garbage in our path mm. and then... So we should just stay where we are? Well, I mean, that's... But the, I don't maybe, really think maybe that. Not. I, just, like, I, I, just, I think it's, I, cool I think it's very interesting. I, I think it's... I I mean, it's it's significant. And, and, and I heard this the other day that like before we saw the world taken a picture of the world from like outer space like there wasn't any environmental action like before once we saw the world from space we were like oh 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 we live there we We gotta we gotta take we all need to take it became more of a a global thing and we were all yeah and also huge amounts of science and technology were both directly developed and then inspired by the space race yeah the number of people now who are scientists and engineers who've done and created amazing things who were inspired by watching the space race as kids yes yeah like that kind of stuff does make a difference i i I agree i agree and i think it's and someone said that when they 
took that space shuttle and they dragged it through Los Angeles. Remember that? Yeah, oh, I yeah, missed that. That, I, that, some, that inspired a lot of people. But, to but kind people of were saying, so. yeah. people were. Some scientists were saying that's the end of the space program. Like it signified the end of of NASA as we knew it. And I was like, oh, is that true? Because I thought maybe they'd cut funding or something. And then, Didn't they? Uh, then well, all they of a sudden, they cut the space shuttle well, program. But that was just one program. Yeah, yeah. they definitely yeah, did yeah. cut certain bits of funding. But, but then what's happening is things these... into outer space and launching rockets and and still, yeah, and it that sort of coincided with the private. Yeah, the the rise of these private companies like SpaceX and um the one that. Jeff Bezos has as well, and uh, yeah. and Boeing has but a private company. Isn't there, there is there. You can there's historically like over the last forty years, you can see people's interests raise and go down. Society's interests go up and down of space travel. I mean, yeah. you know, like yeah. moon. I mean, I feel yeah. like in there was a period maybe in the. 80s it was really popular and the, I feel like the 90s people were kind of like off space travel oh, and they the were like Challenger hey. happened and uh, yeah, that, we were that, like that oops maybe oh, we don't yeah, need that to, might have um, done something <laughs> I mean yeah I think it ebbs and flows with like, economic yeah. things also and then you get like or just the value of it or the importance of it I think right. people find and higher who's the president value and what higher are they? Yeah, and, mm-hmm. and if we're in this era where Trump is actually uh, a possible leader of our country obviously people aren't that excited about science and technology oh my god no learning is going to no Cruz is like a full on stop learning like Cruz is like an aggressive climate change denier. Oh and, really? Oh, of course. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes. He's, he's the worst. Like he's I mean, like Trump is terrifying, but Cruz is. He, well, like, I kind of agree. with No, that. I definitely agree with like, that. Like, like for example, yeah. I feel like Trump. If you sat Trump down in a room, he'd he'd admit that he has no idea how to be president. Like, yeah. Well, <laughs> like, I also I think now he would now he would claim that he does because he's an egomaniac and he's right. sort of bought into his own bullshit. And he needs to win in order. But to... Like for example, I'm sure I'm sure you could successfully leave Trump in a room with a gay man. And they'd have a conversation. <laughs> Whereas, like, Cruz is friends with a pastor, or, like, spoke at a conference with a pastor who just, who actually just wants to kill gay people. Yeah. Really? Like, oh, I yeah, do you not? Like, no, that's why Cruz this footage is hasn't publicly even, set, yeah. Yeah, there's footage of this guy who's a maniac who's just going, like, they should be put to death. And then he talks about if he had a lesbian daughter who would, who, who wanted to marry a woman, he would. This this guy is going like I would pile manure on me and sit at the outside of this church as a protest, oh, and God, then in this same conference, that. like Cruz is just off to the right and then just does a speech afterwards, like Hey, vote for me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's more frightening because Cruz has been that way for a consistently longer period yeah. of time in the political yeah. also in the political forum, and Trump is more of like a faker, poser, weirdo. Not that he's not also terrifying. But, but he doesn't same, actually want to. Trump he doesn't have flip, any he, ideas. What if he flipped the other direction? Like yeah. he's 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 just a person that he does. He's not a real thing. Yeah, yeah. Trump Cruz doesn't have any substance. Cruz is a real thing. Yeah. Cruz believes the things he believes, and those beliefs are pretty and terrifying. has for a long time. Yeah, and, he's, and he doesn't seem like the kind of guy that wants to back down from it. And he's. I, don't mean to be defending Trump. Punch. No, I no, feel I mean, like I just did. No, I, th- I, think, no, I, did. No. I think I want to see Trump get the nomination because I think he's he doesn't have a chance in he'll the general sink the, election. He'll sink the party. Yeah, there yeah, is yeah, a little yeah. bit of me though that still like I think that, and there's a little bit of me that's oh, just no. people said that about Bush. It's not the same. I don't think there's any risk, but I mean, I do think there's risk if Cruz gets the nomination. Yeah, the most risk is if Kasich gets the nomination. That's not even. There's no possible. Oh, that, that, guy no, that, that, that guy's still running. The they were the like, he is 110 percent. Uh, uh, something the the he was 110 percent. In, uh, on a vi- like couldn't win removed from removed a, a possibility, from the possibility. Yeah. and victory, and then the, yeah. the, they were like what do you mean it's over a hundred percent and then <laughs> they mathematically yeah, worked it out <laughs> they, they were like yes it's the it new was, kind of math that we have yeah. to use to show how impossible the it is Kasich that's, math he's never gonna where win. you're yeah. over a hundred percent unliked 
by your party. Speaking of crazy numbers, I just uh, saw more detail on this spacecraft on the New York Times article about it. And yeah, so the, the laser array would, would be based on Earth. And after this thing is launched, within two minutes, the probe would be going more than would be more than 600,000 miles from home as far as the lasers could maintain a tight beam. And it would already be moving at a fifth of the speed of light. So that's how quickly this array from Earth... And so then the laser would then shut off. It would Yeah, all it has to do is yeah. accelerate yeah, it to yeah, that okay. point, and then oh, it's just going. it wouldn't just going. Kind of continue on its way. Yeah. yeah, so it doesn't need to accelerate anymore besides uh, adjustments that I guess it would do with that... Um, what do they call it? The photon array or something. Um, and this other article says that the total price tag could could reach five to ten billion dollars. And most of that is the development of that earthbound laser, which is a how many gigawatt? I'm sorry, gigawatt. It would have to generate one hundred <laughs> gigawatts of power for the two minutes needed to accelerate that uh, the butterfly probes to a fifth of the was speed that, of light. That, was that just a mistake in Back to the Future? They just said I think it wrong. It was just such a like. Think of how how few things ever had the prefix giga in the '80s. Like what technology used a billion of something so people. That's had never true. Seen like hard the drives word. then were a millionth of the size yeah. they yeah, are now. Yeah. So I think someone just saw it written and was like, "Yeah, it's probably pronounced giga." Maybe right? it was a character dis- choice. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. But that is great that nobody Jigawatt. on the set Come on. was, it was like, like, he was a wild, crazy guy. Jigawatt. I mean, I'm sure they found some way, Hair. I'm sure there's some fan fiction that's found a way to retcon that to the same some, way they did yeah. the, the Parsec, the Kessel Run thing uh, oh, in Star Wars. Oh, they actually tried to map that out. Well, they tried to say like, okay, he said he made the Kessel Run in under 12, 12 parsecs, parsecs, which isn't a unit of time but of distance and then they some like nerds tried to like make the universe of the star wars make sense by being like no he found like a different route like through wormhole that actually is a shorter distance to it than oh, it, and like no you just thought it was a unit of time like admit it that's yeah. just bad writing yeah. I mean, not even bad but just like it just science fiction writing that, that yeah. free like, google who's, who's ever gonna try to figure right. this out it yeah. doesn't mean anything it's okay <laughs> so but this light beam could then be used once it's built to launch a bunch of these different things. So it wouldn't just be a one a one off for this one probe. So, uh, but yeah, the, the the hundred gigawatts of power would be as much energy as it takes for a space shuttle to lift off, and about a hundred times the output of a typical nuclear power plant. Ooh, okay, so that's a fair amount. It's a fair amount of power. I didn't realize, by the way, parsecs are actually used more than light years by astronomers. Interesting. It's a more useful. Measurement. What is it? And I already forgot. I know we talked about it two weeks ago. And I already forgot. Uh, what it, it has to do with the angle. Parsecs. I think I, I explained it badly a few weeks ago. But what what a parsec basically is is okay. Like if you if you look at something in the distance, uh, like just fix your eyes on a certain distance and then hold your finger in the foreground, and then you switch between your left and your right eye. You'll uh-huh. see the finger jump from right yeah. to left relative to the tree in the distance. Yeah. Sure. Um, and that's a good way to measure the distance a star is. So if you're measuring the distance that like a, a relatively nearby star is, you take a star that's way in the distance, which basically isn't going to move, and then you look at where the nearest star moves relative to it as the Earth orbits the sun. Because as the Earth orbits the sun, it's moving its position from like one it's like kind of looking from your left eye and looking from your right eye looking at two different points of the earth's orbit so the parsec is basically one parsec is the distance that one uh the star will move in one astronomical orbit um if the angle i'm getting it wrong i'm making it difficult again 
Yeah, yeah actually, it made more sense the way we described it yeah. a couple weeks ago. Even if the if it. the angle change between the two is one second, which is a fraction of a of a degree, um, that's the distance. Uh, one part. Then the radius of the circle from us to that, the distance from us yeah. to that would be. If in the if in the time that the Earth moves one astronomical unit, which is like one orbit from one side to the other, one That'd distance. Be two astronomical units. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So sorry. What, one astronomical orbit when it goes half the orbit. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I totally. I mean, I know. This is my face? I really know what you're saying. Okay. <laughs> Absorbing all this really info. It's so it's just it's so just talking about like what a, you're saying. Uh, imagining uh, a giant 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 circle and defining uh, the radius of it by the. Um, yeah. By, by the fact that like the the distance the little the little uh, arc of of that circle is a certain amount in terms of seconds which yeah is, okay yeah. a star I mean, sets I, of I, degrees I the nearby star is understand it. it's just it, yeah just specifically. I forgot my own birthday trying to make <laughs> that information the nearby star okay the nearby star gonna... <laughs> is one parsec yeah, away yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're not gonna break through to me I'm not this gonna be like a, oh yeah the, 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 the star is a star is one parsec away sure if the angle that you see it at changes by one second which is one sixtieth of a degree okay oh sorry one one thirty six hundredth of a degree. Okay. So if it moves that distance in the time it takes the Earth to or- do a half an orbit of the Sun, and it's also about three point two six light light years. Yeah. So that's one part. Basically, a way you. that they've uh, figured out how to measure things based on the fact that the Earth moves. That's exactly what it is. Because it's essentially like you can't measure, you cannot measure two things, and one one of them is moving and one of them is not. Yeah. So, so what I should have said as well of, is it a way to account for that movement? That's exactly what it is. So going back to that thing where you look at a far tree and move your finger in front of your eye, right? You have if it's to really, acknowledge that if your finger's really close to your eye and you jump between your left and your right eye, it moves a lot. If you put your finger yeah. at arm's length, it yeah. moves a lot less. Yes. So okay. you can use that to calculate how far your finger is right. away from your arm. Okay. So I understand that. So the further some the further something is, the less the angle, the less its position changes sure. as you look from the left and the right hand perspective. And these are things that you have to take into account if you're trying to take a proper measurement of the yeah. of the of the things so, that are one moving one. So that's what's doing. It's the same way. It's kind of the same way. Three D pictures work, where stuff that's in the foreground when you're watching a three D movie, right? Stuff that's in the foreground, stuff that's really close to your eye, has a much bigger difference between the left eye and the right eye picture. As stuff that's way in the background Which is much closer. Pretty much how it is. Yeah. yeah, and that's how they can measure the distance of stars as well. Stuff that's closer to the foreground moves a lot relative to your position. As stuff that's way in the distance moves not very much. Now this only applies to people with two functioning eyes. Two functioning eyes. Mm. Okay. No glass eyes. No. Involved in that. But you can cheat okay. that when you're an astronomer by having the Earth being in one position relative to the Sun and then in the other position relative to the Sun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I, I'm so I glad still, we cleared that up, yeah. you guys. I mean, <laughs> wow. wow, I can sleep tonight knowing. <laughs> I'll post a link to a diagram. Eyes. We'll post a link yeah, to the diagram the on probablyscience.com. The Wikipedia for Parsec actually has a pretty good just picture that sort of makes it make sense. But um, yeah, we'll post that picture. Sure, we'll, we'll post that picture on probablyscience.com. <laughs> hey, you know what else is on probablyscience.com? <laughs> what is that? Now everyone yeah. switched I'll, off I'll after picture. my clumsy <laughs> Parsec no, no, description. It beat my Bazinga thing that went no. The donation button is there, and quite a few people have used it in the last week. A uh, big thank you to Joshua Mitchell, uh, Michael Wood, and Heather McCann. Oh, and Braden Alberg, uh, who've all given one-off donations. And then big thank you to the monthly recurring donations that have come through from Stuart Holding, uh, wow, Zvonimir Kroons, 
that's an awesome name. And then like a generous monthly donation from James Cox and an even more generous monthly donation from Justin Broad and an incredibly generous monthly donation from Catherine Lubiak. We keep having to have different like adverbs to describe the figure out these levels. Yeah. Um, so yes, thank you to all the donors. And again, yeah, visit probablyscience.com and click on donate if you want to help the show out. Or uh, you can also help by using the Amazon link before you do any shopping because that costs you nothing and kicks us back a little money. So use that as your as your bookmark for Amazon. And you can spread the word and tell people about our show. Um, and uh, hey, uh, we, we only really have time for one more story, I think. Uh, do you want a story about anti-memories, about historical dung, or what makes someone creepy? I'll, I'll leave it to the guests. You guys get to pick. Yeah. Anti-memory historical dung. As dung, in, as, as in, in manure. Poops. Yeah. Poops. Poo-poo. And, and what was the third one? What makes people creepy? Well. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm looking. I don't know. <laughs> what? What? Uh, what? No, what do you want to do, Matt? What story do you want to do? I quite like this creepy story. Then let's go I with the creepy story. Creepy. I mean, we all... Look like we want to know more. <laughs> it's early. About it starts with a stock image of a, of a clown. So. Yeah, and it starts. It's it's slate. This article's in, so it does start with a fair bit of editorializing about like we what makes people creepy. It's long be dumb, demarcated by the same ambiguous parameters as hardcore porn. We know it when we see it. Um, more benign, threatening, but more sinister than weird. Creepy is a state of being that's easy to identify but hard to pin down. Actually, kind of links back to Cruz. What makes Cruz creepy? Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. In a new paper published in New Ideas in Psychology, two researchers from Knox College try to outline a more explicit definition with the results of the first ever empirical study of creepiness. They concluded that a person's creepiness detector pings when she encounters something unpredictable or outside the norm. Like a person with idiosyncratic behavior patterns, unusual physical characteristics, or a tendency to over or under emote. Wait, so, but there's, in this article, they're saying that it's the girl who has the creepy radar against creepy dudes. Yeah, they did use she. She did, they did say I don't know she, whether right? they use she uh, specifically to make it female or in the just, um, just the just generic, the like, okay. they. Okay. Uh, I think it's often I the mean, dumb thing. To- girls that are creepy, too. It's not like it's just a, but. It, yes, generally it speaking, to, the, the to, word creepy usually is male. uttered yeah. by yeah. Uh, the female uh, peoples. So when someone when someone looks or behaves in a way that appears unstable or violates social norms, we feel uneasy. We think there's a chance they may pose a danger to us, but we can't know for sure. Uh, re- researchers... But, sorry, go for it. <laughs> well, I, I, okay, no, go ahead. I, it's still not saying anything scientific. I mean, it's still that's still a matter of personal well this is all going to be opinion i believe right i mean yeah. it's a science you well, they got the data What's from an international data? online survey of 1300 people roughly with an average age of 29 participants rated the likelihood of a creepy person enacting 44 different behaviors and rated the creepiness of several careers and hobbies <laughs> the top ranked behaviors will come as no surprise people were creeped out by those who repeatedly licked their lips laughed at inappropriate <laughs> moments and habitually steer their conversations towards a single subject in particular, sex. Wait, wait, wait. By the definition, by the by, the first thing here, shouldn't LL Cool J be the creepiest yes. person alive yeah. and not the Lick sexiest? Lips, yeah. Lick lips, Cool J. And also, really, a panel of 29-year-olds? Like, yeah, they're determining that. what's creepy? Like oh, my God, it's creepy. You're 29. Be quiet. You're creepy. Yeah. Your youth is creeping me out. Yes. Yeah, I'm going to look at the original I paper. Know. I think I like the anti-memory. I changed my mind. <laughs> And then the then the Slate article, of course, editorializes about the Republicans and the race in the next paragraph. Yeah, I mean, I mean I if think we're going we creepy, all, we all what makes cre- Ted Cruz I mean, creepy? I thought there was something. 
Weren't there? I've seen articles, but not clicked on them about like analyses of, of why Cruise is so unnerving. Has anybody actually read any of those? Did those? Cross, no, because those I feel like, like the shape uh, of his face. Something about the shape of his face. There's yeah. something very weird about the shape of his face, for sure. It Which is that, maybe mean to say, but I don't care. He's a terrible human being. He is a terrible human being. It does say here, unsur- uh, surprisingly, until now, this is in the actual paper, the abstract. There's never been an empirical study of creepiness until now. Uh, but it, and the highlights of the paper are. Makes Pe- sense. Yeah, people perceived as creepy are more likely to be male than female. Fema- uh, females are more likely than males to perceive sexual threat from a creepy person. Yeah. Unpredictability is an important component of creepiness, and some occupations and hobbies are more strongly li- creepiness than others. Fuck this paper. Yeah, yeah. I know what. Fuck this paper. Your paper has done like nothing for the creepiness. Also, like, <laughs> I feel like people that use that throw that around a lot can also be dicks themselves. Like. Yeah. Who the fuck the are you to determine? Like, maybe that guy's just like, or that girl's just like, kind of weird and awkward right, and eccentric, right, right. and that doesn't make. Maybe you're the asshole. Yeah, and also because you think that that perfectly nice person isn't socially subjective. acceptable to you because they're not like, and totally also um, like stuff freaks that's are conditioned cool. by. Fuck. That sounded ridiculous when I just said that. But, like, freaks are cool. Like, I just became a 29-year-old. I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm a creepy 29-year-old. Sorry, guys. <laughs> but, it, but it does. Like, like, if you did this survey in the 50s, uh, probably one of the things that would be, come back and like, oh, darker skin. <laughs> right, yeah. like, oh, you know what's creeping yeah, me out? I don't yeah. like that. People who don't look like me. People who don't sound like me. People <laughs> yeah. without my religion. Yeah. The Mohammedans. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh. Um, By the way, I looked up that cruise creepy article and it's it sounds like it just comes down to someone saying he doesn't have uh, a smile that uses um i think it's called a duchene smile though it doesn't reference that here um like this neurologist said he's rarely if ever seen a conventional smile from senator cruz in a natural smile the corners of the mouth go up and those muscles we can control voluntarily but muscles <laughs> circling the eyes are involuntary only which i still don't believe i, I can make a real looking smile Voluntarily, yeah, how, how does how does acting how do actors yeah, do it? Like yeah. you just so um, though yeah, the muscles circling the eye are involuntary only. They make the eyes narrow, forming crow's feet. And no matter the emotional coloring of Senator Cruz's outward rhetoric, his typical um, his mouth typically tightens into the same straight line. If it deviates from this, the corners of the mouth bend down, not upwards. Oh. Um, so basically, he doesn't have a real smile, which I've also heard uh, said about um, like British royalty. That they have, that they don't do the Duchenne. I think it's, well, it's called a Duchenne smile. It's unbecoming like, to smile. To use your eyes, like you're actually happy. So if you just smile with your mouth only, like one bears yeah, one's teeth like, at the well, subject. You look like a murderer. <laughs> right creepy, now. right? Yes. But if I actually like smile, or now I'm trying to force like a real. <laughs> He's no, still looking actually like yeah. Now, now I'm like, self conscious. First you look like a murderer, and now you look like a murderer who just murdered. That was that was the two <laughs> kind of smiles like, that you just actor. gave us. Yeah, but but this one we call post murder smile. Thank you, This one is not appropriate though, right? <laughs> that's weird. Well, it's just—it's almost like a smirk. You're almost like being like, "Fuck you, buddy." But you're like, trying not to make your eyes go and just use your mouth, and then it's like terrifying. <laughs> that's, so that's like a Botoxy thing. thing too. Like, well, yeah, like, yeah. Like they get like Botoxy right here. That's true. And then you like, can't you do can't, a real smile. You can't. Yeah. I also this article mentioned the German. Well, old people don't smile anyway because they're so sad. They're, they're old. so sad. They're old. Yeah, <laughs> as they should be. Oh, that's fun. But this article about how, how he's creepy <laughs> also mentions a German word I've never heard, which is Bachpfeifengesicht, which uh, means a face in need of a good punch. But I <laughs> love that Germans have a single word for that. Yeah, yeah, that describes Cruz. Yep. But I'm gotta know that word. Bachpfeifengesicht. I'm gonna look it up. Bachpfeifengesicht. Bachpfeifengesicht. All right. So the discovery of anti-memories could <laughs> revolutionize neuroscience. 
is a story that was linked to by Beth McElvain. Um, one of the most intriguing physics discoveries of the last century was the existence of antimatter, material that exists as the mirror image of subatomic particles of matter, such as electrons, protons, and quarks, but with the opposite charge. Uh, it, there's a bit more than the opposite charge. Nah, fuck it. Uh, antimatter deepened our understanding of the universe and the laws of physics, and now the same idea is being proposed to explain something equally mysterious, memory. When memories are created and recalled, new and stronger electrical connections are created between neurons in the brain. The memory is represented by this new association between neurons. But a new theory, backed by animal research and mathematical methods, suggests that at the same time a memory is created, an anti-memory is also spawned. That is, connections between neurons are made that provide the exact opposite pattern of electrical activity to those forming the original memory. Wow. Scientists believe this helps maintain the balance of electrical activity in the brain. So you need to have... Every memory needs an anti-memory? Yeah, the growth of stronger connections between neurons. Yeah, good and evil. Right? So the growth of stronger connections between neurons, known as an increase in excitation, is part of the normal process of learning. So like the excitement we, f- like the excitement we feel emotionally, a little is a good thing. However, also like emotional excitement, too much of it can cause problems. In fact, the level of electrical activity in the brain uh, is finely and delicately balanced. So any excessive excitation in the brain disrupts this balance. Electrical imbalance is thought to underlie some of the cognitive problems associated with psychiatric and psychological conditions, such as autism or schizophrenia. So in trying to understand the effects of imbalance, scientists reach the conclusion that there must be a second process in learning that acts to rebalance the excitation caused by these new memories and keep the whole system in check. The theory is just as we have matter and antimatter, so there must also be an anti-memory for every memory. The pre- crazy. Right? The precise mirroring, m- mirroring of the excitation of the new memory with its inhibitory anti-memory prevents a runaway storm of brain activity, ensuring that the system stays in balance. While the memory is still present, the activity it ha- caused has been subdued. So in this way, anti-memories work to silence the original memory without erasing it. And this is that the is... pitch for Inside Out, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Like this. Uh, <laughs> that sounds like the evil me, one with that stuff. Like, uh, <laughs> like things that you dream about. Uh, that's totally random. But I just when I was listening to you, I was like, okay, so like what you dream about at night or your anti-memories to your. I have a lot of nightmares. So. Oh shit! <laughs> so maybe my nightmares maybe. are simply the anti-memories to my positive memory. Yeah. I know that's weird and probably um, not true, but well, it seems to kind of make sense. Maybe. Well, the, the evidence from this came from uh, like a scientist who smoked a lot of wheat and thought it up at a <laughs> campfire. And uh, <laughs> sure. look, So the evidence so far comes only from experimental work in rats and mice and evidence from modeling. These experiments require direct recording from inside the brain using electrodes. And given that putting metal probes into human brains typically is frowned upon, scientists have not been able to directly support the presence of anti-memories in humans. But in a paper... So it's a theory. It is a theory, but in, a the pa- theory, yeah. in a paper just published in the journal Neuron... A team of researchers from the University of Oxford and University College London have come up with a clever method to determine whether human memory operates on similar lines to our animal cousins. So here's the experiment. Test subjects were asked to learn a task that created a new memory. When the research used fMRI brain scanning to examine the brain a few hours after learning, however, they found no trace of the memory as it had been quietened by the anti-memory. They then applied a weak flow of electricity in the area of the brain where the memory had formed using a safe technique called anodal transcranial direct current stimulation. Super safe. Well, that's super really safe. safe. Anodal. We use so, the anodal transcranial direct current stimulation. Fine. You're fine. Yeah. The safest of all transcranials. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, this allowed them to reduce inhibitory brain activity in this area, disrupting the inhibitory anti-memory and thus revealing the hidden memory. I wonder how that would what how that would affect like Alzheimer's treatment or I don't know because that's uh, you know there's a diagram that kind of explains how this works. Um, but it, it seems that in humans as well as in animals, anti-memories are critical to prevent a potentially dangerous buildup of electrical excitation in the brain. This sounds something that could lead to epileptic-like <laughs> brain states and seizures. This kind of stuff. The mean? more you say it, the more it sounds like bullshit. Yeah. Why don't we remember our anti-memories then? I mean, you're just saying it's like a balancing system in the brain, like a cleansing, like chlorine in the pool. Yeah, well, it also says it's thought anti-memories might also play an important role in stopping memories from spontaneously activating each other which would lead to confusion and seriously disorder thought processes. Like if I just started thinking about something I did last week and then something I was supposed to do next week and then just my brain would be yeah. like... Bruh. Or just like every memory gets experienced at once. Or without the animal. Oh my God. Oh, oh, oh. Would be the, I, uh, like I remember coming and like, up. no idea what's going on. Like, oh God, all about I'm having a memory stroke. <laughs> They're having all at once. I think it's more like, you know when drummers do that thing where they hit the cymbal but then instantly grab it? Yeah. Okay, yeah. It's like, I, I, I paid my bill last. I turned off the oven. No, I didn't turn no, off the no. oven. I turned off the oven. Or I turned no, off the oven that one time, and I didn't turn off and the I oven the other time, and now they're, those memories are competing and fighting each other in my brain. Interesting. Maybe, uh, I mean, why should I just guess at this? But because like, I think that's what this guy did. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, you are if, a scientist, Andy. What, what if, you what just if, made what a if guess. What if that thing that, like... Um, Marlo Thomas no not Marlo Thomas who has it Mar- Mary Lou Henner that thing where some people have like c- complete memory like you can name any day like May 23rd oh, 1984 like photographic she was like, oh I got uh, a bagel for breakfast with um, salmon locks and like every and that, uh, you could actually look up things that actually happened or documentable like some wow, people have really? these. I didn't know we're hopefully yeah. having Mary Lou Henner of all people had that yeah it's a thing photographic that... memory type thing yeah isn't it like... but what if that's just it's because she has not enough anti-memories to keep those in check we should talk about we're about to have a memory well, expert on the show or if yeah, anti-memories removes, we could remember everything. Right. Don't you, you think? think? I mean, that would be, that yeah, would be yeah. awesome. Because if I could rem- like, that's my biggest problem. And I mean, I'm sure it's self-inflicted for the most part. But I like, think you have bigger problems. My, <laughs> me- my memory is really bad. Like people's names, faces, where you we just, met. You like, just said that sentence already. I'm yeah, sure. Yeah. Probably like six, <laughs> seven times. But like, that's the truth. And it's I, if I could do something to better my memory, I would. And you act. I would jump on that. Yeah, yeah. and I'm not good. That could be why. <laughs> no, you, know? you are good. You, it's the memorization. Line. Yeah. Is a problem. Uh, me too, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, just Does memory, anybody even have to remember lines anymore? I mean, like, it's not like, no one's shooting on film, so it's all digital. Well, it's like, it, 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 there's it, a little thing called theater. Oh, well, okay. That's true. That's true. <laughs> but most TV and film now, Pete, the actors just no, move I mean, their mouths honestly, open and I've then it gets dubbed in later, right? Right, but for your and, auditions, and they don't want to see that. That would be good for the <laughs> They don't want you to edit your audition tape. You know what I mean? yeah. Yes, they will edit the shit out of you when they actually shoot if you get the part. But but you're right. Now, I don't like, I don't memorize because you're just like, yeah, they'll cut. Yeah. It's one yeah. line at a time. Sure. Right? No? Sometimes. But yeah, we're going to have, I forgot, we're going to have, uh, my memory is so shitty, I forgot we're going to have that memory expert on <laughs> You're actually going to have a memory expert on yeah. the That show. is cool. Uh-huh. I did read an article a while ago, which doesn't matter because it's not currently in front of us, uh, about a study that was done that proved that when you're actually remembering something, you're actually remembering the last time you remembered it. That makes sense. Yes. So you're not actually remembering the original memory. So the only time you remember the original memory is the next time, and then every other it's time rewriting after that it. is just it's rewriting time. it. Which, which is why revision sense. works when you're when you're studying right. for an exam. The, it's 
it really helps to keep reinforcing it to kind of remembering yeah. the last time you remembered it. And that's yeah. why I think OJ I just, believes he's innocent. Absolutely. Like I think he's <laughs> you just told keep... himself the story enough times that he really thinks yeah. somebody else did it. But there's yeah. a lot about memory yeah. and false memories as well, which even without malice, people completely misremember yeah. situations yeah. that, particularly in moments of stress. Like a, a famous case was, I think we talked about this years ago on the show, but there was um one of the first episodes maybe but there was a there's a horrible case shortly after the 77 bombings in London where police shot an innocent guy mm-hmm. who they'd been tracking the wrong house and they it was this there was this student and trainee engi- uh elect- electrician uh from Brazil and they just uh, a SWAT team basically followed him onto the tr- onto the London underground and shot him thinking that he was a terrorist uh but then afterwards people like eyewitnesses said well, yeah, but his behavior was suspicious. He he was wearing a thick uh he was wearing a thick jacket in a on a hot summer's day and he jumped over the ticket barriers and ran down the stairs. Um none of that happened. None of that yeah, happened. Yeah. They they looked at the security footage because there's cameras in all the train stations and he was wearing a light summer jacket. He went through the barrier using a ticket. He did go quickly down the stairs, but no quicker than anybody 50%, trying to catch a goddamn train. Fifty yeah, percent of Londoners, yeah. yeah. So he, like, none of that was true. But none of those people who reported it had any malice, and none of them were trying to help the police by giving false character witnesses. Well, but isn't that, but they they, just isn't that more less about memory, more about people wanting approval. Possibly. And wanting to be right. I mean, because they've they done all... studies about that, especially when it comes to like crimes and, and eyewitness yeah. accounts. Wanting to help and wanting, wanting to be, be what, yeah. like wanting to be helpful is more. So that may not have then, as much to do with memory and more just human need to but, but be the like, point oh, is, I know things. But, but by the time they were actually giving these witness statements, they probably recalled the situation more than once and it had changed in their brains. Yes. But by the seventh or eighth time they've recalled it, by the time they're telling the police uh, interviewer or whatever, or telling the journalists, they have completely remembered a flawed version yeah. of what happened. Isn't that somehow I feel like sometimes when they're interviewing uh, when they're trying to get confessions out of people sometimes they spread oh, yeah. the interviews out or the interrogations out to p- possibly kind of yeah. create that process so they ask and then the next day and then hours later yeah. and then they ask them to retell it so many times that they start remembering the lie and or they start remembering the brainwashed version of the thing that they did last time yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah and the and the, the opposite happens as well and uh interviewers can be very bad particularly when it comes to interviewing kids about crimes uh but in general uh if they don't answer if they ask leading questions they can not only change the evidence, they can actually change the person's memory about what happened yeah. yes. to the point that their evidence is flawed. And yeah. particularly with kids, but with anyone, if they start going like, and and did the man grab your arm? Yeah, and when, and when then, the man grabbed your like, arm, what was your reaction to the man grabbing your arm? Like, yeah. Uh, uh, I never said the man, but then it's like, well, I was scared. Like, and you, yeah. and you they will. Like, oh, so you it, were scared when the man grabbed I mean, your arm. I mean, you've seen it in a million, like, not only yeah. just like the making a murder, but there's been other, like, just the first 48 or... Well, any kind of show where they interrogate people and they they manipulate they can manipulate someone's idea of what happened exactly with what you're saying leading questions and like it's it's done so often that it's scary it's almost become standard which is the scary part, yeah it's yeah. like we want a confession oh i'll make this guy confess yeah. yeah he doesn't he didn't do it but i'll make him confess <laughs> yeah. is not the right that's not what the legal system should be <laughs> doing. 16 year old with an IQ of 72 yeah we can yeah i mean that guy oh, yeah. god that boy, was he brutal. needed like yeah. help and like they were just that, that. Yeah, there's a lot of injustice in the world. I don't know what else to say about that. That's science. Mm-hmm. 
Well, science is proving injustices. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Hey, uh, where can our listeners find out more about you and your work? Uh, go ahead. <laughs> like. Oh, uh, I don't know. They can just follow me on Twitter. Would be good. What is your Twitter handle? It's the Suna. Which sucks. I really wanted it to just be Suna, but Who's some got it? lady in Berkeley oh, who really? doesn't even tweet, and I have directly mm. tweeted her and been like, I'm not a the kind of person. Can you just please, just, yeah. can I just be Suna? Like, I'm not a the, I'm not a can the use, Suna use person. Oh, fuck this like, Suna. It's too long. I don't want to use, I know, oh. look at her. Okay, so her her ha- her tag says best, landly- best landlady ever. <laughs> She uh, looks like There's a, a very weird picture. Mm-hmm. Oh this, my God. I don't know if this is like an even a real account. Well, she's retweeted. She hasn't um, responded to me. Don't tread on my health care. Is the last it's very Berkeley, but it was retweeted from Berkeley. I want to fl- like, go to Berkeley and find her and be like, please, can I? I will pay you $100. There's your, there's <laughs> That's your all I can afford. There's your mockumentary. Anyways, the Suna. S U N A H. The Suna. Hopefully someday it will just be at Suna. If you have double digits followers and four digits tweets, there's something wrong. Yeah, you're not say. you're not a real account, probably. Thirty seven followers and no, 4, I know. Tweets. I, I, I it's doing? almost like I wish you could contact Twitter and and be like, can we just yeah, swap? Yeah, shut this down. Shut this puppy down. Um. Oh, by the way, apropos of nothing, but uh, finishing a thought from earlier, play that funky music, white boy. Was the example that Bazinga dude uh, oh. said is like Russell's paradox? And he's he, telling him to play it, but it's being played like, right then. Do you think this song oh. is the music the white boy ultimately plays? Yeah, gotcha. I didn't say it was funny. Uh, oh wow! Well. <laughs> no, well, I mean, that, that was like that a really song. like a uh, some but, whoever wrote that episode would be so thrilled to know that this. you. Yeah. Yeah. Remember that moment. Yeah. So Sheldon, I guess is his name, he determines that the song is funky and that it is requesting a white boy to play funky music. So is this the song that that white boy ultimately plays or not? That's a a good riddle. All right. Yes. Sean. Uh, I have a podcast called Hollywood Anonymous that I co-host with Brian Irwin. It's a very fun podcast. Yeah, you've been on, Matt. Um, That is on All Things Comedy Network, and it uh, usually is released every... Wednesday morning but um, you can find that online All Things Comedy uh, iTunes SoundCloud and uh, you can follow me at Twitter on Twitter at J-O-N-H-U-C-K I'm gonna when does this come out? Uh, It'll probably come out today tonight probably oh okay Uh, I'll be I'll be at the Brea Improv with Harlan Williams Friday Saturday and Sunday this week that's worth going to yeah it's good just for him for sure I'm just emceeing the shows but um, it'll be fun it'll be a good time he's fun to work with Awesome. Uh, and that's all I got, I think. We will be at uh, Bridgetown. Mm-hmm. Nice. When's that? June 1st through 5th. So anyone in or near Portland, come and see us doing shows individually, and also we'll be doing a Life Probably Science, right? Mm, yep. Check I'm out Bridge, bridgetowncomedy.com for... you can Right now you can just get passes to the whole weekend, or you can buy tickets to the three shows at Revolution Hall, which are Amy Mann and Ted Leo, uh, Lance Bangs, and... Um, the aforementioned Rachel Bloom. You can get those tickets now. That would be awesome. Um, also, people at Glastonbury, if you're going to be there, I'm going to be back there. I'm going to be... I can't, don't know, I can't remember my exact times, but I'm on like Saturday late afternoon and then Sunday evening. And also, there's a possibility we might be doing a set list as well. Uh, that's being confirmed now, so look out for set list maybe happening at Glastonbury. Nice. Um, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So go to all of those. You can find us at Probably Science and at Matt Kirshen, at Andy T. Wood, and at Jesse Case. Also give a listen to Jesse vs. Cancer, uh, which is an awesome show. 
And you can send him some birthday wishes. He turns 30 on the 20th. He does. Happy birthday, Jesse. He shares a birthday birthday with Hitler and weed. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, questions, comments, clarifications. You can email us probably science at gmail.com. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook and Twitter. You can find our donate button at probablyscience.com and our Amazon shopping link if you're buying anything through Amazon. And spread the word. Write nice things about us on iTunes. It makes us happy and it helps other people find out about us. Uh, but thank you so much, Sooner, and thank you so much, John. Thanks thank for you, guys. guys. We'll for see you next week. Me.